Hello, thank you for coming to listen to this podcast um, at Hempson's, a firm of solicitors which advises primary healthcare providers, including uh, many GP practices. And we're delighted that James Gransby of RSM Accountants is with us today to talk through some of the financial implications of incorporating your GP practice. So we've just had a, a webinar in which we have uh, discussed with the participants the advantages and some of the disadvantages of incorporating your practice. Uh, James, do you want to just tell us a bit about RSM? Yes, thank you for inviting me along, Justin. Um, I'm James from RSM. We act for about 100, uh, 250 GP practices and 1,500 GPs. I'm also the vice chair of ASMA. Thank you. So, James, I just thought um, it's a big subject and uh, there are lots of different drivers to incorporating um, a practice. But and let's just think about a uh, fabricated scenario where uh, a, a two twins um, decide uh, uh, qualify to be GPs at the same time, and one of them um, joins a partnership, a traditional partnership, and the other one decides that um, they will go and join a company uh, which runs. GP practices. So it's obviously a company which fully qualifies to hold a um, GMS contract. It ticks all those boxes in Section 86 of the NHS Act 2006. Uh, but life could look quite different for the two of them, couldn't it? It could, yeah, and it probably start on day one, actually. So instead of the new to partnership incentive that many listeners will be familiar with, the £20,000, if it's your first partnership position, you can get £20,000 if you're a full time partner, new to partnership incentive. The twin that joined the partnership would be eligible for that, whereas the one that joined the company wouldn't. So right from the very outset, there'd be um, £20,000 adrift from day one if they were full time partners. Thinking through then after a full year's worth of, of accounts, um, there is a bit of a misnomer out there that, that companies save tax. And I think that stems around the fact that corporation tax has been 19% for a number of years now. It's going up to 25. And when you compare that to 40%, you look at the, the headline figure and you think, well, 19 is less than 40. Maybe it's better off there. But what it doesn't take account of is drawing the money back out of the company. So actually, and I demonstrated it on the um, the webinar that we had not long ago, you can end up paying very similar amounts of tax in both structures. But one thing that is different is pensions. Because corporation tax escapes from a company, so for pension purposes, uh, somebody in a company, so the twin in the company, would only be able to pension their salary plus dividends, so corporation tax escapes, um, whereas the person in a partnership would be able to pension all of that income, to the extent related to NHS sources. And I gave an example um, of somebody maybe earning £100,000 a year where their pension would be £600 less per year than their counterpart. So over 20 years, let's call it as a career, they'll be £12,000 worse off when it comes to retirement on identical net income. Yeah, so, I think that's the point, isn't it? Because you, so when you're going into the company, you've got to start to think, well, why am I doing it? Um, so another thing from day one is that the terms on which the partner 
entering the company, uh, the, the the twin entering the partnership, um, will be uh, secret. Uh, it would be com totally confidential. It'll be in the partnership deed. Um, maybe they're starting not on full drawings. They they're, they're um, and it's going to increase over time. Maybe they've got to pay capital in to buy into the property, the partnership property. So, um, you know, that twin might find actually they're quite cash poor to begin with towards in the partnership, whereas the other one will have certainty of um, their, their salary. I mean, it's not going to, you know, most companies, uh, most employees are given a salary and it does not fluctuate with profits. Of course, the dividends may well fluctuate so they can decide how much they're going to get in dividends and how much they're going to get as um, drawing uh, uh, directors drawings if you like um, but you won't get perhaps you you'll be able to smooth it out much more because as a company you know you, you can keep that money back can't you you don't have to if you're in the good years you don't you're not going to get taxed on it if you don't um, distribute it so you can yep. sort of smooth out the years a bit you can with retained profits as you say you can you can change your your income profile so there is a nasty tax band between 100 and 125,000 pound there's a 60 percent tax band if you're in a partnership uh, everything's exposed so all of the partners all of the profits get taxed on the partners transparently and you can easily fall into that tax bracket um, um, without much you can really do about it retrospectively Whereas in a company, you can control your dividend and salary levels to make sure you don't hit any nasty tax bans. So there can be some certain advantages with a company and, and taking it away from tax just for a second. The risk between the two twins will be absolutely fundamentally absolutely. different. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's your bag, Justin. I mean, if you want to yeah, well, the difference there. Yeah. Well, of course, I mean, if everything went or if something went horribly wrong with the partnership, um, uh, and particularly, unfortunately, that, uh, you know, the twin who became a partner um, 30 years on, something goes horribly wrong, a partnership gets sued uh, and it's not covered by insurance. Um, so maybe it's a property thing or an employment thing that goes uh, wrong. Then if the partnership doesn't have the assets to cover it, it's going to be a personal liability. So it could be um, their house on the line. Um, whereas the twin in the company, if the same sort of thing happened, yeah, the company might have to sell up everything it has, but at least um, their personal assets will be retained because they are outside the whole, the business. And so all the time that they've been earning over that 25 years or whatever, um, they've been investing the money or stacking it up how they wanted to. Um, without having to um, feel that it was every day it was at risk. And there, so there is a model. There's a model which has the best of both worlds out of this. So we've we've just discussed that, you know, the company option can lead to almost equivalent tax, but lower pension and some other problems with it. The partnership model is exposed in terms of risk. There's a model in between the two called a limited liability partnership. I'm in a partnership as an LLP, so I'm a partner at RSM. LLP and we have about 350 partners so for tax purposes an LLP would be taxed in identical way to a partnership but you have the benefit of the limited liability and I think they're around about year 2000 2001 LLP started existing yeah. yeah and 
if you look at the solicitors and accountants, certainly in the top 100 size, you'll very rarely find anybody that's not an LLP. You might find the odd company here and there, but not very many. Um, and unincorporated lawyers and accountants are, are very rare indeed now. So um, because you protect that risk, but yeah. we have a problem. But, but, with but that's all practices. it's doing, of course. I mean, I mean, yeah. actually, the LLP is just about risk protection. And I would say um, that might be um, a reason. But just as you were saying, tax shouldn't be the driver for incorporation. So perhaps limiting liability for a GP practice it, given the nature of the um, business and the fact that you've got CNSGP, you know, state indemnity, um, if you like, for clinical malpractice, the chances are not great that you're going to get a claim which is um, going to be catastrophic. Uh, so really, when if you're going to join a company, you want to be quite certain as to why it's formed as a company and what, what the advantages are for you. I mean, for a portfolio career, it might be the ideal place to be. So you could have a few shares in it, um, you, get, you get a seat at the board table, um, and you, but you basically get paid for your sessions. Um, and um, that might suit somebody better than having all the headache that running uh, a partnership can can cause. The other thing is with companies is that uh, often it's because they want to expand, they want to get, uh, they're going to be more complex um, uh, beings, as it were. They're going to be um, they're separate uh, legal entities, and um, growing like that, they might recruit, for example, their own um, uh, uh, COO. So, you know, the chief operations op officer does not need to be a GP. It can be anybody. But in a partnership, you, you, the way you're structured and partly the mindset is that the, the partners do everything. Whereas in a company, you might feel more able to appoint other people who are experts in their particular field and then you can sort of grow that company. And it's worth talking to the super partnerships, the GP federations and people like that to find out, you know, how it works for them. And do you think it's because that that nature, is it because the company has its own separate legal personality? It isn't, you know, a group of individuals that have come together for the purposes of a trade. It is a separate identity. So it, it will persist through time, whether people come and go throughout yeah, it. so you know it's got yeah, that longevity right. about it yeah i think you're right i think that's exactly it and also the uh, attitude towards risk must be different i mean just the fact that you take a decision and if you've got it wrong it might mean that you lose your house i mean if you've got it really wrong um whereas with a company yeah you lose the business which of course is pretty bad but it, it's not quite as catastrophic and so your attitude towards risk is going to be it is going to be different, um, and um, in this changing world where primary healthcare is um, becoming more complex, it's certainly got its attractions. Yeah, and with a company, I think there's very limited examples where they can set aside the company. I think I remember it being called lifting the veil of incorporation. So you can't just do fraudulent stuff through there and get away with it and think, oh, I'm doing it in a company, so I'm protected. So, but that is very limited from what. Yeah, I, I yeah. understand. Um, 
So um, that's sort of almost into money laundering and things like that. Um, uh, but also in the webinar, we did sort of talk about um, that you might keep your GMS um, contract within the partnership, but then set up a separate company to do other things. Yeah, so GMS examples are a good example of that. You know, we've got a time limited contract there, which might be five years or five years plus five. Um, and APMS contracts aren't always priced at the right level. Uh, the staffing might get slightly askew if if uh, if the remit of the APMS wasn't understood in the first place. So rather than contaminate, for want of a better word, your healthy GP partnership, why not keep it in that separate bubble so that if something does go wrong, uh, you know, it, it's kept over there and your house and personal assets yeah. aren't at risk. On the other hand, if you produce lots of um, surplus there, then you've 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 got it there in the company and you can decide to reinvest it in something else as opposed to distributing uh, you know every year you're not having to distribute all the profits and get fully taxed on it you've got it um within the the company you may decide to use it for other things to promote your primary health care and do um, acupuncture or to you know whatever um so move to different areas which you possibly won't or may not be allowed to do within your GMS partnership. Now, I remember at the beginning of the webinar, your introduction said that it's not a binary decision. You know, you have to take into account a lot of factors as to whether you should be a company versus a, a partnership. Um, and also, and I mentioned during my part that just because a neighbouring practice has decided it's a good idea, which it may be for them, doesn't mean it's a, a right idea for you. So it really does come down to personalised circumstances and advice. Yeah. Well, it's really good talking to you um, and discussing this with you, James. Um, thank you very much. And anybody who's listening to this, um, do get in contact with us. Our contact details are on the website. Um, and that's James, Grans Gr James Gramsby from RSM, Justin Cumbridge from Hempson's. Thank you very much. Yeah.